Hello everyone, welcome back to a podcast of one's own. This is the first um, podcast that we're recording in 2020. So uh, welcome back everyone. And I'm here today to talk to Esther, Aurora and Victoria. Hi guys. Hello. Um, about the capitalist drive behind the patriarchy. So how um, capitalism and the patriarchal system sort of reinforce each other. Um, and why it's a match made in hell. Let's just say that. So, yeah, Victoria and Esther, um, it was your session. It was a really good one. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and so um, let's maybe just start um, by telling our listeners if we talk about capitalism as like sort of an economic system, but it's also political. So let's maybe just quickly revisit... Yeah. Some, some of the points that you touched upon in the session. Yeah, so the reason that we, s we decided to have this session, a uh, very easy start into the term, <laughs> was uh, that I've, or I think all of us have come across a lot that people might not necessarily see the uh, connection between the patriarchy and capitalism. It seems like something that's possible to separate, but uh, our, our analysis is that it, and experience is that it's not. Mm -hmm. So what we started out was just to kind of break down the, the pillars that capitalism kind of stand on. And that's, we were talking about free, free market capitalism, laissez-faire capitalism and state capitalism. And they differ in, in different ways, but essentially it all comes down to uh, um, private ownership of means of production, being um, having people work for you, like labor force, uh, exchange of goods and services, for the benefit of whoever's uh, in charge in uh, owning properties mm -hmm. or or means of production. So essentially, it was it's difficult to like quickly sum up what capitalism is, yeah, but I think sure. most people have quite a good understanding, An understanding of it. Understanding, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a lot about competition as well. Like yeah, about competition sort of and the possibility yeah. and the possibility to uh, accumulate capital. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know um, a lot of people, not only business students, sorry, Victoria, <laughs> but also my cousin, for example, who are very defensive when it comes to, to capitalism. Um, so it's not, I mean, we all, we always paint capitalism as sort of like the bad thing or the enemy, but yeah, at least in our some, social circles, like yeah, we do. yeah, we do. And I'm, I'm not going to talk on behalf of capitalism, but just some things that people might bring up when you criticize it, um, are that they say it's sort of the competition, um, encourages innovation mm -hmm. in yeah. a way. Like, yeah, I mean, there are definitely, yeah, there are definitely benefits uh, like that still exist for mm -hmm. like when it comes to capitalism but more so I think in the past yeah uh, we've reached a point where maybe like in, in the past innovations in technology in healthcare like modern medicine is incredible and would not be where it is without capitalism and competition mm -hmm. uh, and but then you know again we're at a point now where so like pharmaceutical can. companies are making extreme profit which is also like yeah. really harming people and we've gotten to a point where maybe that innovation has done what it can for us and we could potentially push further but at what cost at so what then cost we have to start looking at what are the disadvantages of capitalism yeah i feel like there there was a point where the masses sort of 
had a benefit from it mm. um, in a way. Um, although we have to say that an another crucial sort of um, a requirement in capitalism is like voluntary exchange and how yeah. voluntary is that actually yeah. so mm -hmm. in a way um if we go back the century i mean there are theories about capitalism um that said it was always based on like sort of an unequal uh, an equal system like the yeah. masses were sort of exploited by yeah. the the fewer people and now it's just gotten to a point where we have um some monopolies like really big companies like Amazon for example yeah. and they basically basically monopolized just everything so yeah. smaller businesses don't even have a chance so when when capitalists talk about you know like sort of the american dream like if you just work hard enough you can make it like anyone can make it yeah. that's just not mm -hmm. true i was It's just going like, to point yeah. out the american yeah. dream because mm -hmm. one of the other things that people usually say when defending capitalism mm -hmm. is that is the only true um Meritoc I don't like is the only true system based on meritocracy, and mm. if you look at the American dream, that is the actual only way in which people can freely make their own money mm -hmm. and go into like different classes, different social classes. So, you know that the idea yeah, behind specifically that movement between classes is movement like what between classes, accumulation for. of wealth, like you mm -hmm. know regardless of where you come from. That's the original idea, and I think the point was. Part of the point is that if you view, if you if you have this type of economic and political and social view whereby it is fair to exploit, obviously defenders of capitalism wouldn't necessarily use the word exploit, but if you view it as fair to exploit the working class for the accumulation of your own wealth, because you believe that that is the only way to yeah. success, and we're gonna come to it with uh, common feminism, but for example, to empowerment too, then on a note, yes, everybody, like almost everybody could attempt to become a capitalist in America. Yeah, of course, that doesn't even, yes, of course, that doesn't even start to begin to include the problem of generational wealth, yeah. um, uh, inheriting wealth, which mm -hmm. doesn't have nothing, to, like, you know, there are other problems, not... but I am, like, I, I don't understand, but It... I... I have seen this argument brought forward that it doesn't matter where you are or where you come from, then you, you can accumulate wealth. And it's a bit of a tangent, but if you look, for example, at intersectionality and the oppression of minorities, a lot of people bring forward the idea that capitalism is actually a very politically and socially liberal system because even if you're belonging to a minority, then you can still accumulate wealth mm. and nobody will then care about the fact that you are a minority of course i don't agree with that and i think yeah. that is absolutely preposterous to propose mm. but it also it's also know. it also brings into like the argument of this like social darwinism kind exactly. of stance like the survival of the fittest like you just have to work hard and and you will do well uh it really just falls flat when you think about the different conditions that people have to like the dif different means that people have to do that because mm. if you have a history of or like a family history of like financial stability you you will be able to do different things that a minority that's been uh that's not had the same access to both economic uh, stability but also like just basic education yeah. and and this is completely disregarding oppression based on race or yeah. sexuality or disability or 
uh, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very, uh, it's a very just ignorant argument to make. And yeah, also, I suppose capitalists would say that, of course, if you were born into like a wealthy family or whatever, that gives you like sort of a head start. But then the people from like a minority background, they just have to work harder. You know, that's, they just have to like, work a little harder, I but mean, they can still make it. Because we're talking mm. about like capitalism with feminism, and so like mm. just getting back into that too. Ideologically, capitalism then, because of the social Darwinism and everything that we just discussed, mm. is based on the notion that if you are poor, it's your own fault because it means mm. that you're not working hard enough and you're lazy and you know whatever yeah and obviously ideologically that doesn't really go with what feminism is which <laughs> is you know like the idea yeah. that everybody deserves yeah. the same equal rights regardless of their social economic background background and everything and also you know capitalism glorifies working glorifies bur- what would now we consider burnout mm-hmm. because it just proposes that if you're not willing to do that then you deserve being poor and then you de- so then you deserve not having social relevance and mm, you yeah. you don't deserve to have any sort of welfare or whatever but obviously true, ideologically yeah. that does not align with what I believe in but also what I believe feminism as a whole believes in I think mm-hmm. that's what like a main thing about capitalism that it ties your entire value as a person to your labor Yeah. And this is paid labor we're talking about. Um, yeah. So obviously we have... Which the entire immediately sector, introduces exactly. uh, have gender to, differences yeah. as well. We have the entire sector of unpaid labor that still mostly uh, women do. So um, like taking care of the household, um, cleaning, yeah. Uh, yeah. taking care of the kids. And there's, stuff. there's also like just like the, the clear statement that we had as well that we talked about in the in the session that capitalism is on at like at its core a, a system built on inequality on inequalities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like there has to be losers for there to be winners and i know mm-hmm. that people will argue against this but there's no way that people are going to make profit unless someone else is losing yeah. Yeah. so and this is so obvious i don't know how people so how we, how, how we can that. that is how you make money mm-hmm. that is not part of the problem Because if you look at some of the sorry to interrupt you, sorry, mm-hmm. if you look at some of the biggest argument about what against what you were saying is, but it doesn't matter because if the workers mm-hmm. had worked hard enough, they would have been in my place. They would have been the winners. So why right? should I care yeah. that I'm exploiting them? There's mm-hmm. because they do, like you know. Just too, it's, yeah. I mean, we're it in, makes sense if you follow this this thought very it's a very, very in cruel depth. logic. It, yeah. It's a cruel logic, mm-hmm. but it's logical nevertheless. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. it sure. defies the basic idea of humans and humanity and mm-hmm. social welfare which obviously I am a huge advocate <laughs> for like the idea yeah. that you need to feed yourself off of other people's work because that's just how, how it works and you know yeah. I think I think the state that we're in right now in terms of capitalism globally is also it gives a lot of opportunity like it gives uh, a lot of windows to be in denial about it yeah. like it really just like excuses it on and on again mm-hmm. And I also can understand that if you're in a situation where you are safe in economically and socially because because you haven't been able to benefit from capitalism, it's difficult to say no to that privilege. It's yeah. always difficult to get to sort of um, mm. to 
uh, give up give or up even acknowledge that, uh, acknowledge that I have it. Yes. Yeah, um, so what, like bringing it back to feminism. So all we said about capitalism now and what we've, we've said in our sessions and on our pod- podcasts repeatedly, um, it doesn't seem to go together at all. Yet there is such a thing as like neoliberal feminism. Yes. So somehow, <laughs> some feminists. Uh, let's uh, just clearly let's just like marks. define the two yeah. so, uh, like kind of uh, strands of feminism that we were talking about in the session. And it somehow was... people managed to unite capitalism and feminism. Yeah, right. So well, they, yeah, the two ones that we talked about, which is not an extensive list of feminist subsectors, but we talked about Marxist feminism and liberal feminism, whereas where Marxist feminism obviously is based off the idea of um, the ideas of Karl Marx so of society as divided into two social classes capitalists and the working class and the capitalist benefit of, of exploiting the working class according to Marxist feminism feminists gender equality will never be able to actually be achieved if we don't consider the war on classes and the way that classes the working class is exploited yes and especially when that is once that is done, feminists need to first figure out how to solve the issue of unpaid labor that Katrina was referring to before. The idea that women historically still hold a lot of the positions that are unpaid mothers, you know. There's also the fact that like, about, paid, uh, more yeah. more than eighty percent of people in severe poverty are women. Yeah. There's, you know, statistics about how not only economical classes but access to healthcare and access to education or whatever it talk about that later we'll do neoliberal feminists uh so that's the, the basic idea so but it's it's still focused on the idea that it's it's the classes that we need to focus on and it's the equality between the classes and once that is achieved only then we can start to discuss the mm-hmm. equality between between genders like they're intertwined together the other part is neoliberal capitalists which is it's also defined as post-feminism, so it's the idea after second wave and third wave feminism is the idea that women should reappropriate the ways that they have been objectified thus far, so sexual objectification, for example. Mm-hmm. Take on, on those stereotypes and make them empowered, so you know, owning your own sexuality, owning the fact that you're beautiful, owning all of that. At the same time... Not, not a bad thing part, in itself. Oh, no, not a but... bad thing in itself, of course, but at the same time becoming part of the neoliberal system within which we live as the only solution to actually achieving gender equality. An example is the empowered businesswoman. The idea, according to neoliberal feminism, is that every woman can actually become empowered and wealthy if only she untackles herself from the chains of Mm. her own psychological Mm. oppression. Mm. So the oppression comes from within, it doesn't come from without. You should be with your own strength build self-confidence, self-esteem in order to be able to become wealthy and famous. Some of the people that are mentioned in all of these academic papers are Ivanka Trump, Beyonce. I know that the juxtaposition of of Ivanka Trump and Beyonce can can sound a bit extreme, but there's this, this thesis behind it. And that becomes even more relevant when we go... We, when we talk about neoliberal capitalism within the idea of commodity feminism, so neoliberal capitalism reinforces the idea that feminism can be achieved through purchasing commodities, like for example, beauty products or t-shirts that say girl power, the future is female, the brandification basically of, of feminism. feminism. I think in a way, 
what I never really understood about neoliberal feminism is that they seem to think that feminism like is it's not really necessary in a way that they did acknowledge obviously and they played a huge part in like the first or, or like the second wave feminism when they fought for actual like equal rights like yeah. rights to vote like the right to vote or to work or to own property um that's what they pushed forward where there was like sort of inequality in terms of the law but now that men and women are equal in terms of the law they think it's been achieved like that's equality yeah. Yeah. so now mm -hmm. it's up to you so the state gives you everything it provides you with everything you need you have all the tools there you go um it's, which obviously doesn't it's like it's literally like putting like a band-aid on a burn like mm -hmm. i feel like uh, just because and, and first of all it's not even true like w women and men don't have excuse the heteronormative language and um oh yeah ex yeah uh, it's very um cis language here but in terms of the law it is um so women and women don't necessarily have the same rights legal rights they just don't uh, globally uh, but but even even thinking that we had um no but then the, it's like the, very this is a western total, centric the yeah, whole the yeah, whole yeah. Uh, yeah but this is all section of feminism yeah for sure but like even even granted that we had that, that there wasn't mm -hmm. a pay gap for example like the whole um or it's just regard disregarding the the existence of like deep systemic uh misogyny and and just the history like yeah. like completely disregarding any sort of intersectionality yeah. Yeah. like um i feel like neoliberal feminists are very concerned about things like the pay gap for example which isn't great like i'm not a fan of the pay gap um and i think we should do something about it but they don't but they never really talk about the fact that um women of color for example earn mm -hmm. or um, disabled women earn much much less than, than white women uh white straight white women yeah so mm -hmm. yeah it's completely it's, ignorant uh, of that we fact. were we were talking about um the uh, we were in the session we were listening to this talk uh by oh i can't remember her name now um we can add it in the comments if i find it uh um about the how capitalism and feminism don't really work together and how it doesn't work to just the the idea of the powerful empowered uh, female businesswoman mm -hmm. uh, doesn't necessarily it doesn't make any difference like you can't just put a female at the top of a corrupt system mm -hmm. that is built to oppress them like without addressing mm -hmm. the 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 structures underneath so we were talking about uh the election the US election between mm -hmm. when when was it Trump against um uh, Clinton and we're talking about Hillary and how obviously a lot of people from the surface would pro would say that it would be a, f a win for for like the feminist agenda to have a female president mm -hmm. of the United States and i'm not saying that in that in itself is not a bad idea but anyone doesn't cut it like you, you can't just put any woman on there and be like oh yeah we have a female president mm -hmm. now so we're talking about how her her presidential campaign was funded by a lot of oil companies or like fossil fuel burning companies. Yeah. And that, um, that I mean, and, and while being aware of the fact that accelerated climate change and climate change in any way disproportionately affects it's women, women yeah. and is killing women mm. all over the world. And I mean, how feminist is that then to kind of mm. keep keep that going especially yeah. and it goes for the same with businesses like are you going to sit and be a ceo of a business that you know is damaging the planet and therefore damaging women are you going to sit on a 
and, and accumulate wealth when you know that most of the people that are suffering from poverty uh, are also women. I, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I do think it's important to sort of acknowledge that representation matters and obviously um, growing up in a world where we have things like um, female prime ministers or presidents or whatever, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but that's why I said in the session, we don't need women, like just any women at the top of no. a country or a mm-hmm. company, but we need feminists there, yeah. like in that position. In fact, I feel like having a non-feminine, like a, a, a woman in such a powerful position that's not aware of, of deep yeah. feminine, like mm. how, really how deeply yeah. uh, the patriarchy runs, that's even mm. more damage, like damaging because yeah. people are going to get a false sense of achievement of equality which is just not true mm-hmm. but like also like one of the bases of commodity feminism and neoliberal one of the main mm-hmm. critiques against it is that this is exactly what they're trying to do so it's just trying to depoliticize that's not a word but take out the, polit- the political side of it from feminism repackage it resell it in a way that is shallow empty and just presents it with the idea of the woman who has it all so, for example, there's the, yeah. this article by Bell Hooks that talks about the, at the time, I think, one of the chairwomen of Facebook, I'm not really sure about Cheryl something, pardon uh, my very bad lack of memory, but, um, you know, exactly what you were saying, like, by putting these women forward, women who 100% agree with the system that is a system of exploitation and inequality, mm corporations are able to present a version of feminism that doesn't mean that they need to change anything about themselves. And so they feel good with themselves. They have the sales that they need because it's been proven that commodity feminism increases sales. So they've got the, 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 um, the sales that they have. Their corporate social responsibility legal act has been fulfilled because they do what they have to do for... Surge quotas. Surge quotas to have these and that and donate to charities. So they are absolutely happy in their mind that they've done what they could to help in a way that does not actually mean that somebody's going to turn around and go, maybe we need to overthrow corporations and the oligarchy that we currently experience. But it's, it's convenient for them. And so that's why we keep being bombarded with this this book, the self-help book of self, huge amounts of hair quotes, self-made women mm-hmm. who tell us poor stupid people who have not cracked the code yet how to, you know, embrace real empowerment <laughs> and make as much money mm-hmm. as you physically can. You know, it's just, I well, I'm, yeah. I completely agree with you. It's just, but it, I mean, obviously to me from a feminist perspective, it makes Absolutely. But no is it, sense. do you feel, because I sometimes, I think you were saying during the session as well, Victoria, that when it comes, like, when someone says things like empowerment or I like empowered woman, I cringe. Oh, it like, makes me physically. Yeah. And, which is such like, a bad oh. thing. And that's where you can see how, like, capitalism <clears throat> has managed to, like, appropriate what's at the oh, heart of sure. feminism mm-hmm. and yeah, just, like, empty me. it of all its values and then sell it back to us. I feel like my reasoning behind my hate for the word empowerment yeah. is that when it comes from big corporations that have mm. no history of really empowering women, take for example Nike or um, Dove that is owned by Unilever, 
To me, that is a patronizing and condescending way to tell women, but we gave you that ad. Why are you not happy yet? When they say, you know, empowerment. Mm. And that's why it makes me cringe because I think Mm. it's dishonest, is really, really, really condescending, in my view, of just saying, we gave you the four things that you wanted. The ad, diversity, a bit of crying Mm. and emotional music. So, you know, what more do you want? We've empowered you. And you got that cute t-shirt at H&M. You know, H&M feminism is another term that I really, really like. I don't remember where I read it. But that's the idea. I think everyone knows what you mean by that. (laughs) But yeah, sorry. The girl. No, but I think that, for example, selling things like that, like, to draw it back to capitalism, the fact that we're... Obviously, capitalism targets anyone. It does. Like, men also consume. I'm not (laughs) saying that's not the case. But the fact that we've, like, looking back at our history and how dependent we are on... Because because we are uh, an oppressed group. We are the oppressed in terms... If if you compare the gender. Um, So... Any any capitalist like right now trying to f- trying to benefit from keeping women oppressed like essentially that is what capitalism is doing and that's why it's harmful like capitalism and the patriarchy really do work together because both of them benefit from exploiting women yeah. or making women feel dependent on these different products. Obviously, capitalism as like sort of let's call it a system has been around longer than capitalism. But capitalism sort of managed to um, benefit from that oppression that was already there and radicalize it and like exploit women even further. Talking about like big corporations like Nike or um, I think even Beyonce's clothing lines producing sweatshops and stuff. So you can see. And she's seen as such a feminist icon, but she's like the idea, the, the. Obviously, there. Like I would argue that Beyonce probably has a, a bit more of a positive impact in terms of the fact that she's actually like a black woman. She's covering several different yeah. uh, like intersections, but she is still on the neoliberal liberal side of it. Like I mean, she's filthy rich. Yeah. Uh, I, like I don't understand. <laughs> like I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. but what I was gonna say before uh, in terms of capitalism is that previously we could clearly see the benefits of it. Uh, and I think if we refer back to like the hierarchy of needs, I can't remember the name for it. Maslow. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then it starts out with like like safety, food, roof over your head, whatever. Back in the day, that was maybe what we were fighting for, mm-hmm. uh, especially like different classes. But then it comes to higher up, like the the possibility to fulfill your uh, your like like self-fulfillment or whatever like be able to go for different jobs and things and that's like and we're gotten we've gotten further and further up on that uh hierarchy in terms of feminism yeah. in the past like few decades or few not just feminism like, but like centuries i think in like the it, western in, world yeah definitely like the living standard if you compare it to only like I don't know, hundred years ago is so much higher. Yeah, like we have all sure. the we have like things like the healthcare system, like the NHS here, for example. Yeah. Um, that cares, uh, and I mean, obviously there is a problem with homelessness and stuff. But I do sometimes wonder why, because when Karl Marx invented his like theory um, mm. about capitalism, he predicted a riot. He predicted that the working class would eventually rise up. 
and yeah. overthrow the system, which is just not happening. And I, I don't know, think it will anytime soon because of the sheer mass of products that are thrown at us and that make us feel like, well, I mean, what, what, why do we have to complain about? You know, yeah. we have everything. And I also think, but it's a big part of the neoliberal feminism as well, I think, is we've reached the point of that hierarchy of like the safety and the, the although narrow, possibilities to make, uh, make our, like, do fulfill our lives to a certain extent uh, that we don't like that women find themselves in a position where they can relax and don't have to fight anymore and they're like oh but like I'm in an adequately comfortable position right now mm -hmm. so that I'm just going to like take this corporate job and do the best that I can and try to make as much money as possible and like because yeah. now like I already have my voting rights like we passed yeah. the point where it's been critical to kind yeah. of survival and now I mean I would argue that still is and this is obviously very western centered but, mm -hmm. yeah, but also one of sure. the biggest debates within myself i think within some of the the, the, the things that I've read, i've read is what right do we have to tell a working class woman mm. or whoever no don't 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 go and aspire for money because that's bad and unethical but if people are struggling yeah. to survive and they make they manage to finally make a living mm -hmm. in a way that is appropriate for the economic system that we currently live in mm -hmm. people who may have struggled for years and are now rising up to the top ladders and accumulating money and wealth and that is i mean this is why it's we can perpetuating be, yeah, we can and then you're like let's just put like the taxes on everything that you oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know like i i understand that because at the end of the day, we can be critical of it as much as we are, and as much, and even more than we are. We can, mm. and we want to be. But for me, that comes from a place of privilege, from myself, of having, being privileged, of having my yeah. my my parents' money and whatever, mm -hmm. where I can go and say, money don't matter that much to me. And a big clap comes from absolutely nobody because money has never been a concern for me because I've been really lucky mm, yeah. in the in the money I that mean, I've had. So what right do I have to go and tell somebody else? No, you shouldn't want to accumulate wealth. No, you know what I mean. No, right, no, it's a big, but but you, can, but you like, can't turn the other way and be like, why are you sat up there with your like your you and your fucking one percent? Like, you know what I mean? Like so reluctant to pay like taxes I know like, the people who who do like frauds and stuff when it comes to money those are, those are not like the little people, people at no, the bottom no no, no, no. <laughs> those are, yeah, those yeah. are the one because they also have like a skewed like said, perspective of what they need and what they want to to aspire yeah. like yeah. get I just want to have like one um, mention one more thing that was we were talking about the Nordic model of capitalism mm -hmm. which is essentially uh, more towards a welfare type of capitalism but a little bit further than that so it's very centered around promoting gender equality having access to free education free healthcare. all of that is state governed and uh, and like based on a system of higher taxes and me coming from sweden taxes. where, where <laughs> we pay a lot of taxes and we do have free education and access to healthcare uh, or socialized healthcare. Um, I would still argue that we're definitely we're not going to reach like and and I know that we are also in the top of the world for gender equality, but still not there. And mm. I definitely like I believe this wholeheartedly that we're not going to get that like gender equality is not going to be achieved while any form of capitalism is still it at play because mm -hmm. and it, it I agree it's it's just like an impossible. It, it, an impossible mix like i mean this is not really 
ending on a high note but one <laughs> one sort of last question that I had because I remember it coming up in the session is that some people were saying if it wasn't for this sort of pop feminism or neoliberal or H&M feminism they wouldn't really have gotten engaged with it in the first place so in yeah. a way maybe we can light off the hook I mean I'm hoping no, it's not letting it off the to, hook like, but maybe there is there's some sort of I, I think a potential benefit, but I also think that it's like a bit of like pre um, presenting feminism in that way is a type of like it's like a political sedative. Like it's just mm. like people think that they're doing enough because and genuinely do like oh yeah I'm not sure. I'm not saying I'm not saying this to blame just wanted to be women that don't like <laughs> that don't uh, you know like do enough more more research on feminism. But I think like it's my fear that people just read it definition of feminism uh off h and m t shirt saying the radical notion that that women are humans and then they're like oh yeah i'm gonna wear this and i've done my that, part yeah. and it's not their fault that they're not reading more but like you could like there's easy access to a lot of feminist texts and i think what we need people to do is read feminist theory by people that talk about capitalism yeah not even like we're not and we also talked about how inaccessible sometimes those like texts in academia can be to a yeah. lot of people but I think today one sort of good thing that came out of the the pop feminism like movement is that now you have amazing like feminist influencers on Instagram for example where you can actually yeah. you don't have to read I don't know Judith Butler to like understand no, you can read what a really queer well feminism formulated is about caption you, yeah, on Instagram. yeah and you and they do like live streams or even on YouTube, you know, you there there are a lot of things you can do, and you don't need to be uh, to have a PhD um, mm. in gender theory to do so. So um, please go out and do your research. And yeah, I Actually. think one of the reasons that, like what I said before about there not being sort of a, a rising up, I think we're all just kind of like to quote Pink Floyd, comfortably numb with where we are. Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah, just, and we need to wake it's, up. It's such like, a discrepancy because in the West we're comfortably like yeah. uh, numb, mm. and in the developing world they have uh, yeah. quote unquote m more severe problems than gender equality. You know what yeah, I mean? Like for sure. it, it's it, there's not a lot of countries right now I mm. think that are in between where gender equality is the priority. But the things that which the change really, has to come really from upsetting. here, like that's why. Yeah, I'm. Um, you know, I'm encouraging everyone who listens to this to keep listening, A, and B, to go out and look for, I don't know, um, other other sources. Guilty Feminist Podcast, for example, yes. is a really good one. Love I that. I like that one. And I would, I, we had a, we've introduced a little bit of a, like, recommended reading to the sessions, and one of them that I suggested for this session was an article by Denise Kaman, it's C-O-M-A-N-N-E, you can just Google it, and the article is called How Patriarchy and Capitalism Combine to Aggravate the Oppression of Women. Uh, and it's a really, actually, really comprehensive and well-written, straightforward article about all the different ways, or at least a lot of different ways, that uh, capitalism and, and um, the patriarchy sort of both benefit from female oppression and perpetuate it. So everyone who's interested in doing some further reading, um, check that out. And I think... For today, we are coming to an end, but Esther, we have another Just have, announcement. Just like, a tiny little <laughs> announcement, which I think uh, hopefully people are aware of, but uh, coming up soon in a few months' time or a month and a half or so, 
um, is the Sports and Societies Ball, and the nominations are open. And we would just love it if you wanted to write a nomination, if you like enjoyed listening to the podcast, or if you're a member, uh, come to the sessions and have good things to say about the society. Um, we're so happy and lucky to have a lot of people engage with us. And yeah, that was all I wanted to say. You can nominate on napierstudents.com. Yeah, so on that humble note, I'm gonna <laughs> end the podcast for today. Thanks for being here, girls, and thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.